Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. That was The Rose Vibe by Milk Juice. Uh, I'm Liam S. Smith. We're coming up to the top of the hour uh, and we've got approximately uh, 75 minutes of discussion of revolutionary girl Utena. You're listening to uh, JoJo's World uh, and this is my Triple J DJ impression. I am Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. JoJo's World. Hello yeah. everyone. J- I'm... Triple J, Australia's, uh, <laughs> well, like... Publicly funded Youth alternative radio? rock radio yep. known for their like intrusive drops. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet flush sound. This is Triple J. What? Liam and the douche. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's me, your boy. The douche. Nick Ballantyne, the douche. <laughs> Ballantyne. <laughs> Wait, uh, hang on. This is JoJo's World. Uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Recap and Discussion Podcast. Well, today we're talking about Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. Thank you to Milk Juice for the new theme music. <gasps> That's me. I'm the milk juice. Uh, the It is, of course, uh, March 5th today, or 6th, which, of course, means <laughs> that... It's, there's no way of knowing know. what day it is. Science uh, has no way of confirming. But, crucially, we know that the JoJo World uh, Indoor Amusement Park has opened at Yokohama World Traders, uh, and I have not read any reports on how it is, but, honestly, how could it be good? I have a question yep. uh, regarding the quality of it. Yes. That you probably won't be able to answer. I have not been there. Yep. So, um, what's it like there? Well, we've talked before about like some of the amusements that they have on display. Yeah. And it basically just seemed to be a heap of lotteries. Yeah, but like, what's it like in there, you know? Well, it's an indoor venue, mm-hmm. so I assume it's air-conditioned. Okay, it's probably a bit covid out. It is Japan. It is very I don't know much how they're Japan. doing with the pandemic. They're not doing well, I can tell and, you that. Uh, in the next couple of weeks to month, we have various media events on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that we'll discuss as they happen. Oh. JoJo's World, your number one source for like one to two weeks delayed <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Adventure news. Hey, speaking of number one. Number one. Did you know that we have a Patreon that is kind of still going? It's still going. I mean, it's, it's just there. that the benefit structure has changed. Yeah. It's very straightforward. Yeah. Haven't really updated the text on that page, but the benefits... Certainly we should. Um, <laughs> crucially, we announced that if and when we reach $10,000... Australian a month, i.e. enough to perform a living, pull down a living wage for both of us, Uh we will pivot uh, and we will spend all of our time, full-time style, (laughs) watching and podcasting about the frankly endless show, One One Piece. Piece. Which, by the way, I did not agree to, but I'm currently agreeing to. (laughs) It's on the record. It's a matter of public record now. You have no choice. Now, oh, fuck. Patreon.com slash Jojo's World to doom us to a Sisyphean task that we'll never <laughs> escape from. So, speaking of the Patreon never escaping from and number one, did you know that this week's Patreon, the very person who has publicly given an amount Publicly. Of, who has given You're us publicly money. Publicly giving us money. Publicly please. giving us money is Sarah Morgan. Sarah Morgan. Who sounds like... Two first names, can't trust her. Wow, really? (laughs) Are you going down this road? I mean, come on, Just putting it out there. Morgan is not a first name. absolutely is. No, Morgan is... I went to high school with a Morgan. Morgan what? I'm not going to say their surname. Was it Freeman? No, but that's a surname. That's a first name, Morgan. Was it Morgan? You've proved my own point. Just like Toga Kiryu, I've manipulated you into fulfilling your own demise. But here's the thing. Morgan Freeman has two last names. Morgan and Freeman. You don't call someone Freeman Jones or, or I something. Mean, I, I never said that. Yeah, but this is my point, right? He has two last names. Thank you, Sarah Morgan. Who 
has a first name and a last name. It's technically true. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Liam, as I understand it, we're Triple J now. We're Triple J. I'm Michael Hing. Hang on, wait, we need to act more... You're sub- Lewis Hobber. We need to act way more subdued if we're on Triple J. My favourite thing, mm-hmm. my favourite thing in the world is Triple J unearthed music voice. So, wait, Triple J unearthed so music Triple voice. J unearthed is their program where they like they like uh, highlight like emerging artists or young artists yep. and like give we, them give them radio airplay, which is you know quite a valuable. Yeah, I tried doing that once and we didn't get in. So. <laughs> and um, you and like obviously these people are much more talented than I am, so who am I to judge? But like you hear a lot of like songs where the vocals are like, "I like to go to the shops after school." I hate when the teacher gets me down. Yikes! <laughs> okay. It's like sort of talk singing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, something I find quite amusing. Like It's not quite Obviously singing, far but... better than I could do, but mm. I still find it amusing. Yikes. I don't know how I feel about that. Why not? Let's, let's drill down on that. Uh, well, I remember I tried applying for Unearthed and I'm still bitter about not getting in. But you weren't really in the genre they go for. No, we were definitely more thrash metal. Screamo. Than, more so than uh, indie rock. Yeah. Those well, maybe if you wrote more songs about going to the shops after school. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe we just need to have relatable lyrics. Like going to the shops after school. Yeah, and buying a, a cheeky sausage roll. Or getting challenged to a duel for the Rose Bride. Uh, now that we can all relate to. I climbed up the dueling stairs. Ammonite. <laughs> Destiny Apocalypse. Yep, great. Uh, Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant, episodes 9 and 10. Of course, I mean episodes 10 and 11. Uh... <laughs> Yep, okay, go on. Two episodes about Toga Kiryu being like, okay, everyone, let's get aboard the Gaslight Express. <laughs> he is by far the most sociopathic course, character um, so far. Gaslight Express is the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical about trying to convince everyone that trains are sexy. Is that the guy who wrote Cats? Yeah, and Phantom of the Opera, and crucially, Starlight Express. It's in my mind now. It's in my head that this is a real thing that may or may not come to existence. It is. No, that someone has... No, Gaslight Express. Oh, yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm coining that, TM. Uh, (laughs) Parody, can't sue me, can't steal it. I'm golden. (laughs) This is it. This is the copyright that we have Um, Okay, yeah, so there's a train. It's the Gaslight Express. I just realised, do you want the the patent on Gaslight Express? Yeah, and also the parody on it, so that uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber can't sue me, and also I own that idea. Yeah, the parody Starlight Express, of course. Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Money, please. (laughs) So, this, this app has been... Oh, let's Harrowing? get into some content. Okay, okay, okay. I have some notes. You got, you got, you got notes. Nick, shut up. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> look, I oblige. I want to share with you some words of wisdom from whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> Normally we would know, but in this case... It's not Hirohiko Araki. So who gives it's a Kunahiko fuck? Kunahiko Ikahara. Wait, what's his name? Kunahiko Ikahara. Kunahiko Ikahara. That's not what I said. Who, wait, say it again. Actually, it is. Kunahiko, <laughs> I was I was gaslight expressing you. Fuck you, Nick. That's not what it was. Was it? Shit, it was. No, I was gaslighting you. It's the theme of the episode. True. Okay, we need more of this. We need more gaslighting Nick, apparently. Okay, we've got one archival note as we catch up. Okay. And then yep. the two for today's episode. Okay, so what's the, what, when you say archival note, where's it coming from? Episode three, on the night of the ball. <gasps> that was the ball episode. That was. Ooh. The crucial episode that set the tone for the series to come. Why was it crucial? Because it showed Utena being like... A prince? Yeah. Uh... And uh, Kiryu being like, ha ha ha. Was... And drama... 
I guess drama, but was Kiryu bad in that ad? He was ambiguously bad. Yeah. He wasn't, like, obviously evil like he is in oh, this no, episode. Oh, no, he's so obviously evil. From from the end of last episode, through, or, like, the second half of last episode, mm. through all of today's two episodes, so evil. He is straight up just like, well, I guess I know where I stand now. Prior to that, I would describe him as manipulative but morally ambiguous. Now we know that he is definitely chaotic evil. Yeah. Or lawful evil? He's evil. Ooh. The basic plot of this episode was ready quite soon after planning started. I believe the thinking was, we need to bring the mood of Miss Saito's manga into this. Of course, she uh, was the artist and writer for the Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant manga that we talked about previously. Of course, we did talk about that and I definitely remember it happening. But the truth is, you don't see cliched plot lines like this in Miss Saito's manga. The way Toga approaches Utena is almost uncomfortably stereotypical shoujo. But thanks to that, we were able to strongly impress upon the audience that this was a shoujo manga anime. Mm. Given the story's later development, episodes like this were absolutely necessary. Production-wise, we were in disorder. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's a running theme. Seems that way. Yeah. In the background art meeting, we discovered that the master layout drawing, the base sketches for the backgrounds, that were supposed to have been ready were more or less non-existent. So, the second episode we've discussed where that's been the case. Yeah, except this one probably didn't get switched around, question mark? As the ashen-faced staff looked on, Mr. Kobayashi and I sketched like mad. It was an ordeal, but I think that over the course of dealing with it, the two of us were able to achieve a consensus about the direction the art should take for the rest of the series. Nice. Seems like this uh, first season may have had some trouble production. Yeah, maybe they were like, we've got to make a good thing, we've got to make a good thing, we've got to make a good thing. Oh shit, we have a week left. <laughs> Alright, so that's our archival catch-up for this episode. Next time we'll cover the uh, two halves of the Sunlit Garden. But do we have other notes that we want to go over? We got today's note, of course. (gasps) Ooh, why, what is today's note, Liam? Now, you recall last time um, the note got a bit sort of disjointed and uh, ambiguous in the second half? Sort of, yeah. It's been a while, it's been a week. Let's see if that's the case for episode 10 too. Nanami's precious thing. When I was a child, the centre of the party always seemed to sparkle. Good start, strong start. Strong. Araki author's note vibes. (laughs) I was always standing on the sidelines, gazing at that sparkle from afar. I thought the sidelines were my place. Surely I could never approach the centre of the room. This is strong Araki note vibes. (laughs) But then, I was chosen. I touched that sparkle in the centre of the room, and no mistake... Still, I know full well that it's something that won't last forever. The day the contract ends, I'll turn into an unchosen girl. And then there's a citation. See also Mawaru Penguin Drum. Editor. What? <laughs> okay, time to see also Mawaru Penguin Drum. <laughs> what the fuck is... What? Is, is that literally like... A, is that like a penguin drum? Penguin drum, known in Japan as Mawaru Penguin Drum. Mm-hmm. Literally spinning penguin drum. It's a 2011 Japanese anime series produced by Brains Bass. Ah, okay. So it's not actually a drum played by a penguin. Unclear. We just do... The genre is mystery, psychological, and supernatural. So all three things that you love. A terminally ill girl named Himari Takakura is miraculously saved from death by a strange spirit who resides in a penguin-shaped hat. However, in exchange for extending her life, the spirit tasks Himari's brothers, Kanba and Shoma to seek out an elusive item known as the Penguin Drum, 
with the assistance from a trio of strange penguins. Ooh. How is that relevant to this note? Unclear. <laughs> but look, the editor said, take okay, a look at it. Okay, let's trace it back. So, see also Mawaru Penguin Drum. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a 2011 series, which is approximately when these notes were being created. Mm-hmm. So do we have to go find the notes for Mawaru Penguin Drum? No, we need to refer back to the context that he cited, see also Mawaru Penguin Drum. What? I'm confused, but keep going. The day the contract ends, I'll turn into an unchosen girl. Is this a woman? Seems like this might be a woman. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe it's, maybe it's a guy. Maybe. Who knows? So much on the ball research that I'll cut this week. <laughs> Are you looking up who that is? It's a guy. There you go. He's just saying he could be the unchosen girl, maybe from that anime. Perhaps. There's just no way to know. There's literally okay. zero way of knowing these things. The day the contract ends, I'll turn into an unchosen girl. Mm-hmm. So I'll go back to the sidelines again, eh? Smash the egg's shell for the revolution of the world. <sighs> Did we really ever find out if that meant anything? What do you think it means, Nick? I think it means you need to take destiny in your own hands and punch the wall in front of you. And then once you've punched uh, the wall... Much like Doctor Who in that one episode of Doctor Who I keep talking yeah, about. Yeah, the crystal wall, whatever yeah. it is. Um, but, you know, it's just like that. You you just... Keep... Was that just a Patreon-only episode where I talked about that? Because it was the time loop episode. Yes, you're right. Okay. It was Patreon-only. It's the <laughs> one where it's a time loop and he punches a wall over billions of years and... And then gets out. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the best episodes in modern Doctor Who. It's called uh, Are They Heaven Sent or Hell Bent? Go watch it uh, and... Make your choice about whether you want to watch any other Doctor Who ever. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put that on you. There's a TV set. I can't be responsible for your Doctor Who watching habits. Frankly, it's too much responsibility. Too much of a moral burden. I'll take that burden. Don't watch it. <laughs> Just don't bother yourself with it. I don't like it. I don't like the show. Boom. Easily done. See. <laughs> Look at that moral burden I've taken on. Bam. Thank you. A real sin eater. A real sin eater. Yeah. You ate their sins. Is that a thing? Yeah. Sure. In what? Religion. <laughs> Am I some kind of Sin eater. Oh, oh, I like the sound of this. Oh, I could, you know, I could be a... If I wanted to be a sin eater, do I get a cool hat? Stop avoiding the question. What's the question? What do you think the egg monologue is about? (laughs) Um, I already answered that. You punch the walls in front of you, metaphorically, and then ascend to your rightful place as, like, leader of the Fremen and... And you take over Dune. Nick told me for 45 minutes about how we played the Dune board game yesterday. We were up to turn four and then we had to stop and it was so good. It was so good. Oh, all right. Here we go. Episode 10. Whatever it's called. <laughs> it's called something, Liam. We know Sionji it. has been expelled for unauthorized dueling. He's walking away and everyone's watching and they've publicly announced his expulsion on the walls of the school. <gasps> Which seems excessive. It does seem a bit excessive. But you need to know who's been expelled from the school. Uh, and we get shots of like Utena watching in the crowd as he leaves and Mickey and Jury looming in the background being like, shouldn't have dueled without permission. But we, with our knowledge of dramatic irony, know that he thought he did have permission. Ooh, because Kiryu gave him that permission under the guise of the world's end. Yeah, the end of the world. The, the end of the You're world. You're thinking of the pub from the world's end. Which is... Or possibly the location from Pirates of the Caribbean 3. <laughs> One of the greatest films ever made. Sure. Which one am I talking about? You'll never know. What? Well, you mentioned two films. I guess I did. You've got me there. In a purely technical sense. Mickey's like, I thought he'd do this eventually. And he did. I was right. (laughs) And that's basically a wrap on Mickey. Oh, great quote from Jury. In the end, he turned out to be the clown of the student council. Now, Sionji up on the dueling arena being manipulated by Kiryu is like, I'm going to become the Joker. He does have green hair. 
He does have green hair, and if there's one thing we know about him, it's Joker's trick. It's true, it is. Oh, Kiryu subjected him to Joker's trick. Mmm, indeed. A lot of Joker's tricking going on in these two episodes. Look, there's, okay, there's, there's a few things we need to talk about regarding Joker's trick. Okay. One, no one knows what Joker's trick really is. It's too is. advanced. It's beyond the our Twitter account got worse. Number two, Joker's trick. Joker's trick. That is all. Like from Persona 5? Kiryu meets Sayonji at the school borders. There's a lush forest and a decadent staircase leading away. He's still wounded from when he got hit by a sword last time. He's got his arm in a sling even though he was hit on the back. Sayonji is wearing double denim and has one of those uh, Vagabond's backpacks that's like, it just... It's you... just like a, a canvas bag. Yeah, yeah. Like a cinch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Kiryu's like, I'll work hard to get your expulsion reversed. L- little realising that he was the architect of that very expulsion. Uh, uh, bastard. And Sayonji's like, I'm so sorry for being a, a troublematic little boy. Here's my exchange diary with, with Anthony. And Kiryu's like, I'll treasure it always. And then we cut to him burning it in a furnace. And he's just watching. Is just this a wrap on Sayonji or will he be back? I don't know. It's I think he's got to come back with like an eye patch or something, right? No, well, that's the thing. If he's expelled from the school, then Kiryu's plans have been enacted and there's no way he could come back. But there's two more seasons, right? Yeah, but Sayonji's not going to come back and be like, hey guys, just thought I'd check in on my friends. But then his whole role... He doesn't have any friends. His whole role in the show is to be like this tutorial boss. Mm. A joke for like six episodes. And then expelled. And then expelled. Yeah. After like... like, He's just like the school's... The student council... He really is the clown of the student council. I was going to describe him as the stooge. And of course the three stooges are three famous clowns. (laughs) (laughs) It all adds up. It all comes back to the clowns. So, um... I reckon that's it. That's it. That's his mom. boards the Gaslight Express and leaves the show. Yikes. He's gone. Just a small town girl. Wearing double denim. Got a vagabond's bag. Don't worry about it. We're best friends, aren't we? Burn, burn, burn. The book gets burned. Kiryu's watching. This episode is titled Nanami's Precious Thing. (gasps) But whatever could that be? Well, the student council are meeting and they got a new envelope. And it's like, we need to have a new duel soon. It's the new task. So they're all like, well, who's going to do it? Well, it's, clearly it's your turn, Tiger. We've already gone. Mm. Well, Kiryu just turns around. He's like, huh. Well, Mickey is like, he's got his hands over his mouth, uh, like clasped Gendo Ikuri style, mm. so that they don't have to animate his mouth. I was literally like, just shiver. thinking, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's wounded. I'll go in his place. Uh, and uh, Jerry's like, oh, Mickey, you'll you never win. I'll do it. Don't bother yourself, Mickey, all right? You're a pathetic sack of mm-hmm. shit. Let me take over, all but right? They, and they bicker for a while, but then mm-hmm. Kiryu's like, no, there's another duelist that I'm going to gaslight into dueling Utena this week. And both of them are like, <gasps> who could, who could be? What? Clink the stopwatch. Mickey's like, it's been 33 seconds. Mm-hmm. It has been. Is that how long since he's felt emotion? I'm pretty sure there's a moment later in one of these episodes where the stopwatch timer indicates the awkward pause that develops because there's a long silence and then he clings it and says six and a half seconds. So like, is that how long it takes them to say another thing? Maybe. we as the viewers are like... He does consistently clink it before starting talking to someone. Like, I don't, I don't know what it means and I need to know. Are we even going to learn this arc? What are we going to call this next thing? Uh, is what I'm going to call a slap cut. It's like a smash cut, but it's punctuated with the sound of a slap because 
And we were all we were all ready and amped for Anthony to be slapped again. Of course. But it was our expectations were subverted, just like by Game of Thrones. And yep. <laughs> you know I hate that term. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh Utena has been slapped by Nanami. And very un-Utena-like, she has like been knocked over into a bush because she's very um, demure and downcast for the for much of this episode. She looks extremely melancholic, lacking energy and form. Her um, belief in herself has been shaken. Because someone else had to come save her and, and it could be her prince? Yeah. But she's like... But also but, maybe I hate this guy. And she's like, no, it couldn't It couldn't be here. No. And so she's like, I don't know what to believe anymore. So Nanami is very upset because Kiryu got injured saving Utena. I hate you. How could you let him get injured? And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all my fault. I'm Utena. But then, then Kiryu is there and he's like, oh, Nanami, my wounds are fine. I'm a special prince boy. It's okay for me to get injured. It's okay for me to get injured helping a beautiful woman. And she's like, Utena's like, Mr. President. And we as the viewers are like, fuck off. Yeah, you're being gaslit. I think your exact words were something like, fuck off. Everyone in this scene is being gaslit by Kiryu because he's... Okay, the whole thing on this episode is he's just playing everyone like a goddamn fiddle to make Nanami duel Utena Mm -hmm. so that he can watch the duel and figure out Utena's sword fight magic. And then once he figures that out, he'll be like, and now I can take Anthe for myself. Yeah, and guess... The only thing he cares about is the Rose Bride and having the Rose Bride and thus the power of the end of the world. Mm. So Like an arsehole. Utena is like in the fetal position between a bookshelf and a desk in her dorm room and I thought it looked quite cosy. Been there. And she's staring at her rose ring being like, maybe a girl can't become a prince. And then Anthe comes in and doesn't even acknowledge her. Utena thinks they're having a sad conversation like, I'm so sad because the student council president got hurt saving me. And we think Anthe is responding to her, but she's like, you're so So listless. Do you want something to eat? And it turns out she's talking to the cat that she's caught. And Utena realises this is like, wait, this whole time you've been talking to the cat and not me? Oh. Yep. So Anthony holds up the cat and is like, he's so cute. But then the actual sincere conversation does happen. Mm. They they really pulled the rug out from under us by putting comedy in the way first. Uh. And we all found it very humorous. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Let us just note, we did all find it very humorous. Ha ha, we said. We all laughed in true sincerity. (laughs) And then we clapped a little. And that was all. But then Anthea's like, there are a lot of roses in bloom now. Great excuse to bring roses to an injured boy. <gasps> are you saying we should go visit him, Anthe? I am. Oh, Anthe, you get me. Oh, Anthe, you do have free will. And then Choo Choo drinks all the milk in the cat's bowl. Flashback to Toga's little birthday as a child. <laughs> and he's sitting on a big throne and everyone's <laughs> bringing him gifts. And then filthy Nanami in a dirty dress is there being like, Big brother, I got you this cat in a box and it clawed me a lot because animals hate me. And then all the parents and all the onlookers are like, what a filthy animal that Nanami is. Yeah, give me the cat so I can break its neck. No, I want to give it to my big brother, the one love in my life. And then Kiryu's like, thank you, it's a beautiful cat. And then he kisses her eye. To suck away the tears from her tear Like a spider would. The very same sort of spider that would trap you in a web of deceit and manipulation. (laughs) A funnel web. Okay, so Nanami in the present is sleeping, and but then she hears kendo practice, and she wakes up, and Kiryu's out there. Um, Kiryu is all bandaged. Oh man, this scene's fucked. So he's all bandaged, and he's like shirtless. She's like, you shouldn't practice, you'll re- reopen your wounds. And he's like, don't tell me what to do, I'll be fine. Yeah, I'm strong. 
You know, you get stiff when you don't exercise. No, stop. And she grabs him and hugs him and he's like, whoa, whoa, you're being pretty intense. And she's like, if anything ever happened to you, uh, grabs her chin, eye contact. Uh, and she's like, kiss me. And he's like, what? I can't do that. We're not kids anymore. Yeah, that's, you, here's my therapist. <laughs> Highly inappropriate. You take this card, you leave. I'm going to continue kendo practice. None of me literally needs so much therapy. Yeah. So, so basically it's just a matter of him saying, I can't do that. We're not kids anymore. We're adults. We have responsibilities to not have incestuous, mad relationships. The first of many brief cutaways to allude to Nanami drowning a cat in a box. Yep, so we briefly cut away to the flashback. Just a, a, like it's flashback lighting and it's a sealed up box next to a river. A very similar box to the one that she gave the cat to in the birthday flashback. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, the president isn't doing any school today, but he is having a birthday party. Let's go see him. Utena's like, can we do that? And they're like, yeah, let's go. So it's a bit of comedy because Utena doesn't realise it's a birthday party till they get there. And then Anthony leans into frame and he's like, yeah, that's why I bought this big birthday present and I've been walking <laughs> alongside you the whole time. With a birthday present. Yeah. Utena's like, oh, oh no. Kiryu is on a much more... Um, sated throne it's still a throne it's still a throne or <laughs> but it's, just, it's, it's more it's like a big plush seat it's proportionate now yeah uh, and Jury's there like hey who's the new duelist you're holding out on me man and Kiryu's like shut up okay, I really like how business minded Jury is yeah Jury's got it going she, on she knows what she's about she's highly capable she's got unrequited love and issues about it but she doesn't let it get in her way but ultimately she'll never win due to luck and miracles <laughs> Jury, you idiot. Why do you always let miracles get in the way? Kiri is like, hey, Jury, we're having a party. Don't talk to me about Rosebride stuff right now. I'm busy gaslighting everyone. <laughs> so Utena brings the roses and she's like, oh, don't don't misunderstand me. I'm just here to thank you for saving my life with the sword fight. And he's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. you're so cute. And then Naomi runs over and slaps the flowers to the ground. And is like, don't call her cute. I'm cute. So Nanami... Again, demonstrating that the only real thing she cares about is her brother and being correct. And she makes a big scene. Like, huge scene. No one's... Kiryu should be like, Nanami, you're making a scene. But of course he wants this. Yeah, he's all like, Nanami, that's enough. Even though he knows that she'll keep going. Nanami, that's enough. No, keep going. Uh, Anthe gets in the way, is like, please, stop. And then guess what? Big slap. Big slap. Huge slap. Does that count as two slaps in this episode or are we only counting no, anti-slaps? Anti look, I'm only counting anti-slaps, okay. okay? If we're going to do that, then it all evens out over the next two episodes. <laughs> so we've got to be rigid about this. Anti collapses to the ground. Brief flashback again of Nanami. Drowning a drowning cat. Drowning a cat. Um, but it's not, it's not explicit yet, but we know. And she's shouting, I won't let anyone have my brother. And... Strangely, the thing, the rumor that everyone starts whispering is Utena and the president, and not Nanami and her brother. <laughs> so everyone's like, Utena and the president, and Utena cries out, No, there's nothing between me and the president. Yeah. And then everyone keeps saying, that. And everyone's like, So rude of Utena to disrupt this incestuous relationship. How dare they? They love each other. It's like, Isn't that all that matters? The waning hours of the party, and Nanami is in a gazebo listening to a conversation on the nearby veranda. Kiryu is discussing matters with Utena being like, Nanami's really into me because I'm great. And, I mean, who wouldn't be? And he's like, look, it might not be obvious, but she has a bit of a big brother complex. Yeah. And Utena's all like, it's fine, but it's not fine. You see, when we were children, 
She gave me a kitten that she worked really hard to catch because she had nothing else to give despite being very wealthy. Mm, in and, the same family as me, in and fact. And then, one day, the kitten disappeared. More on that later, we assume. <laughs> Assuming that's the reason for it. The kitten disappeared, it. but it was probably fine. It probably just ran away. Yeah, cats no one do knows. that. You know, it was a stray, mm. whatever. Um, so then... Anthony is like, oh, by the way, I forgot to give you my present from the I, birthday party. There's a cat in there, which oh. has been in a sealed box this whole time. And Kiryu's like, oh, oh such a cute little kitty. Ha ha ha. I love <laughs> it. This is the best present anyone could it, have ever given like, me. Scale of one to ten, Nick, how sincere is this joy? It's impossible to say. I think it's either a one or a ten, and it's impossible to say. It's literally impossible. He's like, does he just have a soft spot for cats? Or is this part of his sinister scheme? Maybe it's both. You know, maybe he does love the cat, but at the same time, he knows how to use it. Like, yeah, is he yeah, still yeah. smiling when he turns around? Impossible to say. Oh, he's a genius. You, you you have given me the greatest present of all. Not family, not, <laughs> not the meaning of Christmas, a living cat. Ah, oh, how I will love strangling it periodically. I think what will be the defining factor of his sincerity here mm-hmm. is if we ever see the cat in a future episode. Ah, so he doesn't he drown does keep- it. Crucially, yes. But hopefully, if he keeps it and dotes on it, then like maybe he's a cat guy. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it runs in the family that they love drowning cats. Flashback: Nanami is like, Big Brother, help me pick some of these apples. They're so red and vibrant. No, I'm too busy playing with my cat that you gave me. (laughs) And he's toying with the cat. He's poking it with a little leaf on a stick. Cats love to be toyed with with leaves on sticks. And she's all like, But I can't reach the apples. She's like, I hate that the cat has taken my brother's attention. So she, How could I have foreseen this when I gave him a cat? So she walks over and she, I think, like, slaps well, the cat. Because it, it bites him, like, as a cat would. Yeah. And she, like, hits it. And he's like, no, it was only playing. How could you, Nanami? And then she's watching and shot of the box, shot of the rushing water. And uh, she's like, you had to understand. You were coming between me and my brother. In mm. present flashback voice. Ooh. And then it's back in the present. And Nanami throws a yellow rose at Utena's feet. It's like, ah, that's a duel. That's a duel. That's, that's a duel. That's fighting Rose. Throwing a rose at someone's feet. That's a dueling. And Utena's all like, the fuck is wrong with really? you? Really? We're going to be dueling? And then Aunt Mickey and uh, Jury are there. And they're like, ah, the new duelist. And Kiri's all like, listen. Look, you're not a duelist, but I'll give you this ring. And now you're a duelist. Yeah, and he, now it's fine. He literally puts a rose ring, arguably from Sayonji, onto Nami's ah, ring finger. Clever. Yeah. And now she's the new Rose uh, Bride. Very um, symbolic of, of marriage proposals. I was going to say of Kiryu being an asshole. True, being that- like, here, give me a ring. I'll take care of it. And now he's manipulating the battlefield. Of course. Mm, gaslighting yet again. <laughs> so much gaslighting. Like just an absurd quantity of it. The arena, tomorrow night, shadow puppet time. The shadow puppets, they do a skit where it's like, let's name the cat. And one of them is always like, let's call it cat. No, oh, let's call yeah, it let's something call less obvious. Oh, let's so call less it- obvious cat. Yeah, and so on. Um, and it just, the, it evolves. They, uh, and then at the end of the sketch, the cat is huge. Thus, and, and named Giuliano. Mm, and that's the punchline. Like, after all that, she gives it, like, an unusual name, mm. but still a name. But the cat's become an elephant in the room. Okay. Know? Yeah. We've got to talk about Nanami's duel outfit. It's time to duel.wav. It's time to duel. It's kind of like a Kill Bill tight leather pants, but with a regal... Thing on Big the top. black leather boots. Yeah. She's got like a sort of saber. And she's she's got like everyone else's kind of um Everyone else is wearing the school dual uniform. They polish epaulets. 
what what are the things? Epaulets. Epaulets. Yeah. yeah, she's got them and chains. But they just all like, have that. Yeah, just like everyone else. Yeah, but she's got her own colour scheme because she's cool. In the duel scene of the movie I watched, mm-hmm. you remember I watched the jury, I told you I watched the jury duel from that. Yeah. All the student council members have their own, um, like, they, the, their, their outfits have the same cut, but they all have their own colour. Uh-huh. Like Kiryu has a black one, I think Mickey has a blue one or something. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Because, hmm. yeah, Nanami's is distinctly yellow. Yes. Um, Utena's is kind of like... Utena's got the black school boys' yeah. uniform. Yeah. And all the other ones have... All the other student council members have white. Except Jury. No, Jury has white on orange pants. Ah, uh, right. Just she's, her, she's so leggy. Mm. She's got those legs. <laughs> legs for fencing. We've got to talk about the bells. Okay, so I you wanted to talk about the, the bells. bells. The bells signifying the start and end of any duel. Yeah, because of the adjacent bell tower. <laughs> Which is higher than the sky. And every time a duel starts, we get those big chimes, and then every time it ends, big chimes. And I really like that. Mm. It just it's... punctuates the action sequence really nicely. Mm. See, I thought they would just ring all throughout the duel. Just constantly. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> like, not even when duels are happening, the bells are just always going... <laughs> And the, the school students. groundskeeper is like, got to figure out how to stop those bells. Yeah, you hear them. They're all like one semitone different uh, and all the students have to decipher which one is their bell. I want to get up to the bell tower to stop the bells, but I can't find like the the the, the spades key for that tower. <laughs> oh, I got to find like three minotaur heads. And place them in the correct, uh, the correct sconces. Slot. Yeah. And then once all the flames are lit, you are now proceeded to the third floor. Wherein you must find the five solid rings. And then you've got to do a sliding block puzzle. Yep. Yep. You know it. <laughs> I know how to, I've been to school before. I know how to navigate a school. Yeah. You've got to find the rusty scissors to cut the strings on the mysterious suitcase. Okay. And then find That's the combinations. That's books are. Yeah. Find the combinations on the lock and bam. Biology done. Nanami comes in hard and fast with her saber. Song all? is about, um, what, like... Now, was oh, what this is this the, song even about? Was this the one about, that like, we time are time and death? Is this the one that we are the Milky Way? Yep, the origin of Earth, a stage setting, a riddle-solving clock, mm-hmm. the baby carriage at the end of immortality, myself eternal, strangers eternal, oh. two relationships, two births, the mysterious scale, the human constellation, we are the Milky Way. We are the Milky Way. It's like some sort of ABBA lyrics. Yeah. So they're fighting and. But, Nanami, very aggressive, but very unrefined. Mm, she's just like, you're trying to take my brother from me, I'll never let you do it. He's, He's like, my prince. Yeah. And she's all, of course I know about sword fighting, my brother knows about sword fighting, yeah. so why wouldn't I? I've watched him since I was a child. And she keeps calling, uh, Nanami keeps calling Toga her prince, mm-hmm. and like that's clearly like... It, it's really like... weird, like there's a really weird angle on these two episodes, which is like the sort of pseudo, like... What Utena thinks might be like a blossoming romance or something here. Mm. Uh, but her rival is the guy's sister. Yes. Yeah, that's not healthy. Mm. So anyway, both of them are like, but he's my prince. And then pretty quickly, Utena's rose ring glows and the prince as- descends from the sky castle. The real prince. Yeah. Uh, yep. Possesses question mark Utena. She effortlessly knocks away Nanami's sword and shaves off her robes, winning the duel. But then Nanami pulls out a wrist dagger and is like, I'll never stop dueling until you're dead. And pretty much everyone's like, wait, what are you doing? Stop. The duel's yeah. over. Yeah. You're just going to kill her. It's like, yeah, that's that's the point. Kiryu is like all according to Kekaku, which means plan. Ah, yeah. Kekaku. That's a... Japanese word? Yeah, so there's a... um, it's It's a meme about bad... Anime translation, yeah, where it's like Death Note and Light Yagami is all like all according to Kekaku, and then on the same screen, translator's note: Kekaku means plan. 
Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> what? It, okay. There's a long history of anime fan translators yeah. insisting that some Japanese words have too rich a significance to translate. Like... Let me tell you about the 2009 era Nakama debates in the One Piece community. Nakama? Which like means friend or comrade, which is like, they kept insisting like, no, its significance is too rich. It doesn't translate properly. Oh. And then you're just like, why not just say friend or comrade? Yeah. Given the context. Or family or. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it means sayo. What's sayo? It means winter. Is this, you making no, this up? No, I'm just making this okay. up. It's just like, oh, but it means winter. It's too significant to remove. Why? Because its second meaning is cold winter. Okay. Yeah, yeah basically but, that. But, but both of them are winter. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but just imagine, right? Imagine I said the weather. What if I meant the other weather? It's like, yeah, but I don't. I mean, I mean winter. Okay, cool. <laughs> what, 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 if, what if it's just you're a bad translator? <laughs> what then? I mean, they're not a bad translator. They're just a, it sounds like they they're are. They're a bad localizer. No, it sounds like a bad translator. I mean, they, they understand the languages. They just have yeah. so much. Okay, from what I understand, <laughs> so much of good translation is localization. Okay. Because if you just translate, like, every time, like, for instance, a Japanese joke comes up, we're like, mm. what the fuck? But if you localize it and tell an equivalent joke that an English audience will get, mm. then you're improving the experience of watching the show. The entirety of Phoenix Wright. Yeah, every name in Phoenix Wright. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Ryuji Narahodo means, but Phoenix Wright has similar mythical and, uh, and being correct connotations. Oh my god, Phoenix Wright. Yeah. Oh my god. So Ryuji is like a Japanese name which is like evocative of dragon, Ryu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Naruhodo is like a phrase that means, oh yes, I see. Right. Phoenix, right. Yeah. I'm sure we've talked about this on JoJo's World before. How many years has it been since Phoenix Wright has been out as a game? Uh, it came out when we were in high school. And I haven't made the connection in like 10 years that it's like, oh, Phoenix Wright. Probably closer to 15. Oh. <sighs> We're old. Am I an idiot? Oh, certainly. But so am I. <laughs> There's a recurring gaslight? lyric here. Yes. My last evolution, revolution, ever Like, like E-V-E-R. Like, yeah. Like forever. Yeah. Evolution. My last evolution, revolution, evolution. Now, I asked you, what the fuck does that mean? I don't think it matters. Well, touche. <laughs> so then the duel keeps going and it ends... Where, well, it's sort of Everyone's almost like, stop ends. it, Nanami. And then Nanami goes for a stab, clinks her... Uh, yeah, she's her... back to tenor up against a... Um... A wall? Yeah. And then clinks her sword into the wall, it shatters, and then... And her hair is cut. By a mysterious sword from somewhere. We can only assume Kiryu. Yeah. And he's like, that's enough. I have gotten the data that I need, so stop now. Flashback to Nanami drowning a cat. Straight up, she kicks a cat into a small uh, man-made river. river thing. Like a... a um. Like a sewer pipe. No, no, it's one of those, um, like, it's like a canal. Yeah. So she kicks it into there, and, uh... The and then cat... she runs away crying. Like, oh, how could this happen to me? Because, uh, at the last minute, the box opens up. And she sees the cat. And she sees the cat trying to live. And she's, and she's all she's like, like oh. the consequences of my own actions? For me, Nanami? No, impossible. No. And she's got a hair, new hairstyle on account of the hair being cut. Will that stick around? Let's no. find out. I think it might Ooh. because now that she's a duelist, she's got to have more aerodynamic dueling hair ah. rather than that big, big balloon of hair that she has. Less bitchy hair, more fighty hair. Mm. Yeah. And then Kiryu's like, Nanami, you don't need to fight anymore. I am strong and handsome. Takes her close, gives her an embrace, and Nanami just starts crying, starts rubbing her face into him and being all like, 
The mm. big brother, you, you love me, Tyrion's right? Tyrion's like, oh, it's so good that I have a little sister that I can weaponize and disarm at will. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Utena, who we thought was just standing there like, why am I still here? But she's like, wow, I guess you can be nice. And he's all, yep, that's why I'm your prince. And, and she's like, blush. <sighs> this guy, this fucking guy. Cut to interior monologue. Haha, <laughs> I've got all the data I need. Now I shall seize the power of Dios. <gasps> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. This whole sequence is just basically Utena's like, wow, you must be a pretty alright guy. And then Kiryu going, no, I'm not. And that's it. <laughs> I'm that's doing um, Mr. Burns finger steepling. The big excellent yeah. thing. Uh, so that that's, that's, that's that episode. That's that, baby. Yeah. The next episode is entitled Gracefully Cruel, the one that picks the flower. Ooh. Okay, here we go. This, Ar- I've only energy? read the first two lines. Okay. Um, serious author's note energy. Yes. So shut up. Here we go. I tried to live true to myself. You're just like an alien, someone said to me one day. They must have been telling me you're not normal. In other words, apparently living true to yourself means living as an alien. And so I became an alien all alone in this world. There's a certain natural law that goes, to gain something, you must lose something. There's nobody in this world who gains everything, otherwise there would be people who could live forever. That is something she is blind to. That's why she loses what's important to her. Why did she want to become a prince? Who was it who wanted to become a princess? Do you want to be chosen by someone too? Or... What? (laughs) I'm so confused. (laughs) Okay. Big or energy. You can't have everything. You can't live forever. Yeah. And she's blind. Utena is blind to that. Yep. So does she want so to she be a prince? So she loses what's important to her, which is like her self-image and also Anthe, her, self, her image of Anthe. Right. Okay. I guess. Maybe. I'm kind of clutching at straws. No, here. I have no idea. There's think... a certain natural law that goes to gain something, you must lose something. She's blind to that. Mm. So she's going to, she's going to gain, she's gaining knowledge Mm -hmm. and she's going to gain proper self-actualization after she goes through a trial. Yeah. But in order to do that, Uh she has to first lose this stuff. Oh, she has to lose something. Yeah. She has to lose her self-image. She's, okay, based on the next time on that we're going to talk about in Predictions, Mm -hmm. she's about to go through a crisis of self, not unlike uh, the bit in Control, spoilers, (laughs) where you are briefly overwhelmed by the otherworldly entity and forced to take a dull office job. Right. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. And, like, you become very subservient. Because we see her in the next time on walking around in the girls' school uniform and being very downcast. Yeah. But that's cheating. But that's a story for another time. Indeed. Because now she's about to get back on the Gaslight Express. Oh my God. Choo-choo. Here we go, boys. (laughs) He's behind it all. You leave Choo-choo out of this. It's a pleasant lunchtime. Wakaba and Utena are lying on the grass outside the school. Wakaba's like, it was so good of us to have lunch. And I'm so smart for suggesting we have lunch. Look, I made you lunch, Utena. And Utena's just like, I got, got this roll in a bag. And Wakaba's just like, no. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's not lunch. That's a disgrace. Eat this delicious lunch I made you, which in our culture is like a symbol of like romantic intent. Oh, is it? Yeah, like it's a big thing in Japan that if like if... If like a woman is flirting with a man or in a relationship with him, they'll make him they'll make him a bento box. Ah, didn't know that. 
And then, uh, and then they fall down a hill. Wakaba's all like, I love you, Tenna. And then they just roll yeah, and, down. And the everything hill. in the bento box is also shaped like a heart. I don't get it. <laughs> what could it mean? So she basically said, so Wakaba basically says, look, I made all of this. It's practically all instant. But you know, it's still what, there's, there's sentiment that counts, right? Yeah. You and I will be together forever. It'll be beautiful. And then Anthea's there like, I also made you lunch. Uh, and Utena's like, why is everyone making me lunch? It's a solid like mahogany cube of wood, which at um, first I thought might have just been like a big cube of chocolate. <laughs> so Wakaba and Utena are like, ooh. ooh first layer. It's... A lot of kind of... Takoyaki. Shitty looking takoyaki. I thought it was profiteroles. Ah. Like the chocolate little... Yeah, like a sort of rounded clair. Shit, now I want one. Yeah, they're Uh, good. Yeah, so they look at it, it's like, wow, it's all just And they're Like, uh, Wakaba and Utena are so worried. Like, they're expecting something really weird to be there at any moment. But I don't know why, because... Yeah. The next layer is like noodles, and then the final layer is choo-choo. Choo-choo has eaten everything. Yeah, and we assume it's rice based on the couple of specks remaining. And then as they next cut away, we see choo-choo start to eat the noodles too, (laughs) the yakisoba. Um, It's more like fair food, though, she says. And, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Kiryu and Mickey are lurking in the woods, and Kiryu has his opera binoculars and is watching them all eat lunch. And and Mickey's like, hey, what you looking at? Yeah, just straight up being like, I can't see what you're looking at there because you have binoculars and I don't. And Kiryu's just like, I'm looking at the next step in my plan. It looks like they're having fun. Close up of Utena, close up of Anthe, close up of Wakaba. Kiryu then takes the glasses away and goes, I wonder what I could do next. And no one's like, I mean, Mickey is the only one who would have the option, but he's not like, hey, this is really fucking creepy, man. Like, it's one thing to watch from the sky pervert's roost, but now you're just a ground pervert, and that's just a pervert. That's just a normal, sickening, disgusting oath. Oh no, I can't seize the Rose Bride because she's taken out a restraining order against me. Always be further away than 500 metres from me. But that's the size of the dueling arena. Um, So Uh, Utena sees Kiryu coming in the sunlight and is... is But like approaching, not like, you know. So um, he starts coming towards (laughs) her. What are you driving at? (laughs) So he starts coming towards her. There are a bunch of girls that he's talking to. And then he gives her a cursory glance. And Utena blushes. And she's like, oh, the prince. And she flashes back to uh, Sionji's murder attempt. And him Your being prince like, was a guy like me. <gasps> is he my prince? I mean, I did come here to meet my prince when I got this ring. Look at the ring. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Student council meeting time. So Kiryu, Jury, and Mickey are there. Yeah, they're all just standing. Okay, we're going to talk about the student council meeting. Okay. Because they're all just standing on what is essentially a rooftop. Yeah. Uh, they're just having a conversation just, about how, like, Nanami lost and I, Kiryu, I'm going to have to duel soon, blah, yeah, blah, and blah. And that's, that's all that and happens. It's, like, it's a series of, like, pro- sustained shots as they talk. Yeah. And as they do, a bunch of balloons, like a single balloon of a different colour, yeah. floats past in every shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. in the final it's one... perfectly normal conversation. There's just dozens of balloons there. No, more than dozens, like hundreds of balloons. And there's a long silence at one point after, um, after, uh... Kiryu says, I treat my pet sister, my, my little sister well. And Mickey says, like a pet cat. And it's, there's a long silence. And then Mickey clicks his stopwatch and says, uh, six seconds and 12 microseconds or whatever. He gets yeah. cut off. So we, okay, so. Just a long pause, six seconds. It's a very serious conversation about like, ah, yes, I will take the duel. I will deal with this. It will all be fine. I will gain the power of Dios. I will grant power to the end of the world. The fault for Nanami losing the duel lies within Nanami herself, roasted. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but the thing is, all the and while... even if someone does lay a plot... See, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this for the first time now because I was so distracted Look, by the, the balloons. The balloons are so distracted. <laughs> like, literally every shot is Obviously, a Obviously, if you speak Japanese and you're hearing the dialogue, it's an entirely different matter. But visually, the balloons are so distracting. Even if someone does lay a plot, it's the victim's fault for falling into it. I, Kiryu, chief gaslighter and totally blame blameless for these rubes falling for my schemes. Blameless psychotic sociopath. Yeah, yeah. And there's just hundreds of balloons there. And then he lays out the thesis of what we're about to see for both the last episode and this next one. If someone has deep feelings for a person, it's only a matter of time before those feelings betray them. And then, um, like, there's a pop sound as we cut away. Oh, mm. because we all love balloons. <laughs> we're all scared of the sounds balloons make when they <laughs> pop. Our true feelings betray us, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember... Um, there was a Taskmaster task. Go on. Uh, where they had to blow up balloons. Right. Uh, there was like there was some gimmick, but the idea was you had to blow up. I think you had to blow up a balloon with something in it. Uh, or you, you had, I think it was one of the more simple ones. It was like blow up a balloon bigger than your own head, but you want to get one balloon and it can't pop. And what? Like, and like biggest wins. What? What? Oh, as in blow up? Like, yeah, yeah. You like expand balloon. Yep. Right. Uh, two of them. Two. I think three of them. Three of the five contestants were like, I can't tie balloons and one to two of them were like i'm afraid of balloons <laughs> just being like if it gets too big it pops and i'm pretty sure another one of them said they had a latex allergy but they did it anyway <laughs> just imagine being on taskmaster being like i mean i mean i gotta win i signed a waiver like i've <laughs> yeah, seen i've gotta win the worthless series of prizes yeah like i've seen an episode of taskmaster where one of them is literally you must send cheeky text messages to this number okay but that's that's very much like, like once a season they do a prank task yeah, yeah, where yeah, they yeah. send someone a task and don't send it to anyone else but the thing is it was like you must send a cheeky text message every day for five months yeah, and, and he did it and he did it and it's like and it didn't mean anything yeah it's like and also he had to send it to greg the taskmaster who also didn't know what was going on and hated it and he was like why would why did we do this because <laughs> You know, unless you, until you look into the actual production of the show, what you don't realise is that the Taskmaster's offside on little Alex Horn mm. is actually the one who designs 90% of the puzzles. Ah. And Greg is just there to be the host and, like, the larger-than-life persona of, of, of and judginess. Just, and just decide, well, this is this is fucked. I'm not, I'm not yeah. giving you points for this. this so ridiculous. it's the Rose Garden. Mm. Nanami, uh, Utena sees Kiryu in there with, um, with Anthe. <gasps> Himamaya. He's like, I was watching you all have lunch. And Anthony was like, that's normal. That's a nice thing to do. Makaba's lunch was nice. I'd like to make lunch like that. Oh, you don't need to cook. You're the Rose Bride. Just stay here in this beautiful bird cage and be a trapped bird. It's all very blatant symbolism. This is your domain and this is where you live. Do you understand me, Anthony? And I will take possession of this gilded cage that you will be in forever. You want that, don't you, Anthony, you little bird? And then Lieutenant's like, hey, fuck off. And Kiryu turns around and says, oh, hello. So they had this argument, and basically what it comes down to is that, like, Utena basically pressures Anthony to tell Kiryu that she doesn't like being the Rose Bride. Um, and Kiryu laughs in Utena's face, being like, <laughs> So naive. Wow, you really think that means anything? You'll learn more by the end of the episode. <laughs> so Anthe's like, I don't like being the Rose Bride. I just want to be a regular girl. 
And Kiryu's like, fool, you idiot. And he's like, I'm your prince. And then they have like a, a dream sequence flashback with lots of roses where it's like, maybe you are my prince. Are we about to kiss? And then and he walks away like, oh, so, so improprietress. That's a word that I made up. <laughs> improprietress, <laughs> i.e. fucked. I'm an improprietrix. Ugh. <laughs> I hate, it's like a dominatrix, but with l- but like with like legal papers. With, oh, with like old tiny social transgressions, like seeing someone's ankles. Why, hello there, big. <laughs> Why, hello there, you large fellow. Would you like to see these small ankle bones? Lowers sock, and it's like not here, young maiden. Oh no, like, you don't understand. I'm a proprietrix. Improprietrix. I'm, I'm an improprietrix. Why it's so improper? You bet it is. You little fuck. <laughs> Uh, so he's like, I won't kiss you, but I will challenge you to a duel. Uh, and Anthe's just standing right over there. And then Kiryu's like, huh, man, make sure you don't make her feel bad. <laughs> and Utena looks over and Anthe looks a bit yep. sad. So it's sundown and Utena is grappling with like, how can I duel a cute boy? <laughs> right? Uh, I think it's a bit deeper than Functionally, that. Functionally, but it's like, I came here to meet my prince and he could he be my prince and now I have to fight him? Maybe I should just take off this... Oh, I've been interrupted. Can't take off the rose ring. Well, it's more like, oh, I think that's my prince, but is he really my prince? Because he seems like an asshole. Mm. But so also, I... he's kind of cute. But like... But also, such an asshole. But she's also like... Oh, but if he's a prince and I'm trying to be a prince... What does that make me? Yeah. Who's driving the Gaslight Express? <laughs> Who's putting the coals in the fire bit? So lunch or, or supper with Anthe. Tea. They're drinking tea. They're drinking soft, mellow tea. And of course, as English people, we call the meal where you have tea, supper. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, oh dear. Oh, okay. Is I think your my, Hugh Grant impression? I think my brain just broke. <laughs> I think I just had an aneurysm where it's like, then what's afternoon tea, Liam? What the fuck is afternoon tea? So the previous conversation with Kiryu, Anthe and Utena, I get the impression that uh, Anthe was being pressured to say, I don't want to be the Rose Bride. But in this one, I feel like we are seeing her sincere feelings because they talk about like, Wakab is nice. Yeah, you should get to know her. I think she'd be a good friend for you. And then Anthe looks down and is like, I wish I had more friends. Yeah. And then Utena's like, don't be ridiculous, you have choo-choo. Yeah, I'll help you make more friends. I'll help you open up. But, it's going to be really good for you. But Anthe resists and is like, no. Because no, I've got to be the rose bride. But then she's like, no, I will. I understand. Yeah. But then, duel time. It's time to duel. And she's going and she's like, oh, and I'm not going to let anyone take her. I'm going to help her be a real girl. And other key point, Utena's like, I will help you get friends. Yeah, yeah. So she's committing. Shadow play. <laughs> As she walks to the arena. Shadow play this time is William Tell and his son shooting apples on heads. Mm-hmm. Three, 37,000 times. Well, maybe this is about the inevitability of defeat. Where no matter how many times you get it right, at some point you have to get it wrong. Can't the nobleman let you out of it at least once? No, don't be stupid, Stop young boy. Stop thinking for yourself. Melodramatic monologue. Oh, what a sad sight. What is the destiny of William Tell and his son, now an eternal archery machine? And then he goes for it again, and the uh, son is like, hey, just aim a little higher. Yep, and cut uh-oh. away, and uh-oh. And then we skip the cool sound. 
No, we get the cool sound of the spigot. No, not the spigot. I'm talking about the... Oh, we don't mm-hmm. get the um the water droplet hitting yeah. the ring and opening the shrine. Instead, we just get the opening of the shrine and then walking up the stairs. Yeah, but we get a prolonged approach to Anthony at the end because significant mm. relation things, relationship yeah. things have happened this Lieutenant episode. Lieutenant pauses on the staircase. We see her shoes. And they're very ready for a bowling alley. <laughs> and they take each other's hands and it's all very significant. All very lesbianic in a sense, but... And Kiryu is there. And Kiryu's all like, well, well, well. Well, 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 if it isn't the hour of my greatest triumph. Don't I... know why I couldn't have done this before you came to school when I'm already a better duelist than Sionji. Good point. <laughs> so Tenna's like, hey, I don't actually really want to fight you. Like, we're having some interpersonal dynamics here that make this kind of a conflict of interest to me. And he's like, oh, well. Well, you have to, so fuck yeah, you. this is all part of my scheme. Um, he pulls out his big katana. samurai sword. <laughs> Throws away the sheath. Sort of Dios. Um, Honorable mention to the like soft beat that plays during this sequence boom. as uh, Utena draws this. So I watched another clip. I watched the Sionji duel from the movie too. Yeah. And very interesting difference in that. I promise I'm not watching this whole movie. I'm just watching the first couple of duels because I wanted to see how they compared. You're on YouTube. You think to yourself, what am I going to do? So um, Utena rocks up to the duel dressed as a boy, mm-hmm. uh, which like is just a different thing uh and she has a broom to fight him with and they're, they're dueling in like you know the boss fight arena at the end of metal gear solid 3 uh snake eater uh, like field wait, of wait, flowers wait. oh with the boss yeah yep like, yep like that but it's all like fallen leaves like autumn leaves mm. uh, and she like steps on this uh broom and it shoots up out of the leaves and duels him with a broom instead of like a wooden sword right uh and then when this when the broom is broken Anthe leaps at Utena and kisses her, and then the sword comes out. Okay. So she's A, being more proactive. And B... Kissing. Kissing a lot more. Yeah. Hot damn. I want to watch this movie. It sounds like a very positive relationship (laughs) between Anthe and Utena. Until Utena turns into a car. And, of course, the Rose Bride power dynamic is a bit weird, but, you know, it's there. But, you know, it's... It's, it's, it's crucial to that relationship that Utena is rejecting the Rose Bride power dynamic. Yes, true. But, of course, as she may be about to learn, she may have... She's, she's now being forced to confront the question of whether she's been unwittingly playing into it regardless. Mm. And I'm sure we'll get resolution on that in the next couple of episodes. Mm. Or not. Or not. Maybe that'll be an ongoing threat. Very difficult to yeah. say at this point. But at least she'll be aware of it. Mm. The sword, the bells, the duel. It's Kiryu fucked. is a good duelist, and he's also emotionally manipulating her. He is the worst parts of Juri and Sionji combined. Yeah. Well, Sionji is not as shrewd a manipulator as he likes to think he is. Yeah, he tries. <laughs> Let's just say Kiryu's on another level because he was manipulating him to be a shitty manipulator uh, the whole time. Brilliant shot of their both both the duelists are black silhouettes, mm-hmm. and them and then against a red background with a pillar of white light, we see uh, Anthe, and they're just dueling in front of her. A lot of um, like letterboxed cutaways with rose petals flowing over the, the letterbox cutaway. Mm. Uh, big shot of the floating castle. Yep, they duel, they duel. Your swordsmanship is typically amateurish, but the real question will come when that guy gets in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> so Kiryu goes for a stab. Big charging stab, and like he misses her head deliberately, and there's a silhouette shadow of her, his sword going straight through her head. And from uh, that moment... Because he's trying to mind From that fuck moment, her. we know... Hmm. Okay. Like, as in, as in the fuck sword... her brain. Yeah, exactly. Trying to gaslight her. Well, yeah. I think... I, I was pretty... Um, if you recall last episode, I was pretty convinced that a losing duel was on the horizon. Mm. But from the moment we saw this silhouette, we know that Utena's losing this duel. Yes. 
But there's so many layers of symbolism. Yeah. She's like, I'll never lose. Power of Dios. Sword attack. Guy so comes down. Prince, charge. Prince goes on her body. Kiru's like, it's happening. Uh-huh. It's happening. And then he does the ultimate power play where they're charging at each other. And then he makes beautiful eyes and stands still. And, and like she's like, oh, I won't attack you with all my might. I'll just slowly walk past you instead. Flashback. Your prince was a guy like me, huh? <gasps> she stops. She's like, are we stopping dueling? Stop, stop, stop. And then Kiryu just casually slashes the rose out of her. I win, baby. Your true feelings betrayed you, Utena. Mm-hmm. You idiot. <laughs> you absolute rube. <laughs> you fuck. Couldn't you be an intelligent psychopath like me? Then you'd still have the rose bride. You're such an amateur at this, you, you... fucking worthless sack of shit. I just rose cucked you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you wanted the rose bride, but all you got was all bullshit. You Nick, fuck. I saw a... Um... That very tangentially reminded me of a funny meme I saw. Go ahead and tell me of your meme good side. I think you'll like it because it's it's both Venn diagram based and Excel, Microsoft Excel based. I am so in. I am so beyond in. So there's a Venn diagram. Uh Circle on the right Mm -hmm. is Excel. Okay. Circle on the left is Incel. (laughs) Overlapping a point Uh is misconstruing something as a date. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That's today's meme roundup. That's beautiful. So Kiryu wins. He's like, let's go, Anthe. And Utena's like, no, don't take her, please. I'm helping her be a real girl. I don't need the power, but she just needs, she needs someone. And Kiryu's like, nah. She doesn't need friends. She's the Rose Bride. And then, uh. Tell her you're happy being the Rose Bride. So Utena's like, yeah, tell, no, tell, tell them that you're not happy being the Rosebride. And then Anthony goes, I'm happy being the Rosebride. Tell her you like being alone. I, I like, being, I like alone. being alone. Don't you see? She's obedient to whoever has the Rosebride. And when she was saying that other stuff to you, she was just following your wishes. And then he basically expounds, yes, your wish was for her to be a normal girl. So she became a normal girl. But now she's not. Now she's the Rose Bride. Yeah. And now I will have the power of Dios to myself. Yeah. You fuck. And Lieutenant is crying like, you said it to me that you want to make friends. <sighs> and then Anthony's like, goodbye. Crucially, in a mirror of, or like a reflection of the first episode when she says a similar thing to Sayonji, she mm-hmm. says, farewell, um, Tenjo-san. So mm-hmm. instead of calling her Utena-sama, which was a point of conflict early in their relationship, mm-hmm. but now the lack of that is uh, driving a different sort of dagger into Utena's own heart. Because Utena has realised, maybe she meant more than that. And also I need to protect her because this guy's a monster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Utena just screams at the top of her it's lungs. It's not true. Uh, it's not true. Flashbacks of the moments they've shared. It's like, not true. Good friendships. It's not true. To be continued. Boom. Nick. Yes. No, there's that no was me slap. slapping you in the face. <laughs> Fucking owl, Liam. Uh, highlights and lowlights. Uh, my highlight is probably gonna have to be. Um, I mean, it's a, it's not good highlight, but Kiryu burning Sionji's journal. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> because when you see that, you're like, okay, all right, I, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. and it just all cements back. It's like, oh, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, there's no redeeming anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just. He's a prince like me, isn't he? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're like, right, I now Fucking know exactly rude. where I stand. Your highlight? My highlight, um, it's got to be, like, 
I've been craving for something loose for the last 10 episodes. It's mm-hmm. got to be the conversation with Anthony about how she does want friends and mm-hmm. she wants to be a real girl. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's been a long time coming and I'm glad we've finally gotten a taste of it. Mm. Low light. Low light. My low light is probably Nanami drowning, drowning a cat. cat. Yeah. Because it's so they, obvious. They, they laid it on pretty thick. I thought if they left it... Like at the last one where it was the box next to the river and it was like, it was yeah. your fault for getting in the way of me and my brother. If they left it at that, it would have just fine. been like a, a, a light touch. We all knew what was happening. And we'd be like, Jesus. Yeah, and we were. Yeah. But, uh, but then they show the whole damn thing. No, but the thing is, we had the box by the river and then we had the box by the river again. Yeah. And then we had the box by the river again. And then we had the box getting kicked into the river. And then we had flashbacks of the cat. We have a crow it's... flying away. And it was like just a like... potent symbol. And it was like, yeah, I already know. We know. I, we, we know We, we know she it. kills the cat. We get it. She's, okay. a, she's like Betty from Riverdale. Exactly. What? <laughs> uh, your low light. Nah, mine too. Mine too. Yikes. That's how bad of a low light it is. <laughs> it was, I mean, like, it was d- enjoyable to watch because yeah. it's so over the top. But like, in terms of storytelling, it could have used a depth of touch, I think. Yes. <laughs> okay, Nick. Yeah. We have two episodes left of season one or arc one, the student council arc. Wait, is this called the student council arc? Yeah, it's been flashed on the screen at the end of every episode. Are you telling me there's non-student council enemies? I think there are. I think student council members are still the predominant duelists, but they're going to be like situations where a new person shows up and is like, you should definitely duel Lutana. Oh, is this going to be like the student council members are the proxy to someone else's wishes? I think there is a bit of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some new people too, I'm pretty sure. But mm. but for the most part, probably just student council members. Interesting. Because I mean, like they, they're clearly like a pretty well fleshed out cast of characters yeah. and we've still got so They've much got to learn stories. about all yeah. of them. Okay, so we saw in the next time on mm-hmm. for these episodes. I'm just going to pull up the title of the next one. Go on. The title is For Friendship, perhaps? Yes, that's right. Which we obviously know as... Or something. Or more. something else. That looks like the wrong app. Yeah, I'll just put up the one for episode 13, the one after next. And based on the IMDB description, it sounds like a flashback episode, but surely not. You never know. Okay, um, for friendship, perhaps... And we saw Utena in the preview having a crisis of consciousness, wearing the girls' school uniform mm. with the big puffed up sleeves. Very impractical. Now, the thing is, we also had dialogue of Anthe Himamea, why are you dressed like that? Or like, so maybe both of them are having identity crises. Yeah. Where like... But, well, I mean, Anthe like, has had her identity subsumed into the role of the Rose Bride again. She'll yeah. be stuck in her gilded cage. Yeah. In the, uh, uh, what are they called? The greenhouse. Yeah. That's the one. So she's stuck in Maybe there. she'll be doing whatever acts of passive resistance she can. Maybe, but like, even so, I don't know. Anthe's not that kind of gal. No, no. Unless, she, unless she is. <gasps> she wouldn't dare. Uh, I think, and this is a bold theory, mm. just based on some threads that maybe have been woven or maybe haven't. Yeah. Because Kiryu was like, uh, so Etienne's going to spend some time being down in the dumps and like not believing in herself, but something will re-inspire him. Probably like Wakaba or something. Uh, <laughs> Yep. Because Kiryu was like, your swordsmanship is typically amateurish, but with the power of Dios, you keep winning duels. Mm. She's going to be like, I need to be a better swordsman. Who do I know who can teach me to oh, be a better swordsman fuck. and has had like kind of a weird redeeming thing from his first episode as a massive shitbag? I'm going to go find... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mick clearly. I think she's going to go... Find Sionji. Yeah, and like get some sword training. Oh my God. No, <laughs> surely not. I, I think... I don't think it's... So he's been expelled, yeah. but that's the perfect exactly. reason. Exactly, that's the perfect reason ah. to go to a training session. I think, look, 
I'm not going to be surprised if that doesn't happen, mm -hmm. but I think it's a distinct possibility. Mm, that's good. That's good. Also a possibility that jury comes over and is like, Utena, you're being pathetic. Snap yourself out of this. I don't know. I think probably Utena will just be all like, oh, I'm going to act like a normal girl. And then Wakaba's going to be like, what's going on with you? Yeah. This is bad. And I, Wakaba I will snap I don't snap like her. you at, like this at all. Yeah. And then ha w will she get better at swordsmanship through any tangible means or will she just be better? I reckon probably just be better because now she'll be like, wait, no, this isn't me at all. I need to be my true self. Right. And then Kiri will be like, she wasn't like this the other day. What the hell's going on? And then she'll be like, I'm going to not fight for the Rose Bride. I'm going to fight for myself for the Rose Bride. And you to know? win? Of course. Okay. I reckon so. And Kiryu will be like, ah, oh, foiled again. And now my I've unmasked myself as a real prat. <laughs> a real dick prat. Okay. What's, I, th what's that? I don't know. It's nothing, but I was hoping it would be something before it came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to finish this sentence as I say it. I mean, I've done that before. You <laughs> called me out for that last yeah, week. <laughs> I'm going to finish my sentence early. The Rose Pratt. <laughs> So, yeah, I reckon it's probably just... For me, it's probably just going to be Wakaba because we've seen her this whole time be like, I like Utena how you are. Yeah, I believe in her. She's my boyfriend. Yeah, and then she'll be the one that, like, slaps her out of it. Oh, yeah. Perhaps literally? I don't know. Or what about Nanami? Because now Kiryu has the Rose Bride oh. and he doesn't need Nanami anymore. I mean, oh, Nanami's maybe. Nanami. She'll just try and kill Anthea. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and Mickey is, is also there. <laughs> Yep, that's uh, that's that. <laughs> I reckon that's probably that's probably it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. Well, I look forward to next week when we find out. Oh my god, this show, man! This show, man! This show, the greatest show, man! Nice. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, JoJo's World to be continued. Something, 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 something. Somebody something, once something. told me the what world the is gonna roll. <laughs> what song is that? That's Smash Mouth. No, 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 the one that was not that, that one. That was the Utena. Wait, which one? The end credits one. Missing. Yeah, that was that? Yeah. No. I'm not good at music, Nick. <laughs> All right. That's going in the B roll. Boom. <laughs>